We welcome you to another live edition of the Sports Box, brought to you by our sponsor, Showcase Sports in Hamilton. Showcase Sports for the elite athlete. And by our friends over at Crowdplay. Download the free Crowdplay app today and check them out at www.crowdplayapp.com for details. Ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime. Hey everybody, welcome to a special edition of Cage My IQ. I am your host, D-Bake. I am joined with me by MMA legend, Chris Lieben. How's it going, Chris? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I know you're a busy guy, and then for you to take time out of your day, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. Uh, just to get started, um, I'll start right now. Uh, one of the questions I had for you was, how was life growing up in Oregon? Well, oh, man, that's a, that's a big one. You know, uh, I grew up on Mount Hood uh, up until about seventh grade, and pretty much all that sucked. Um <laughs> When I was in seventh grade, I moved to Portland, you know, uh, um, lived downtown for a while and got, you know, so got into skateboarding, my friends down there. And then life was pretty good, man. You know, just running around the streets of Portland, you know, staying out all night skateboarding and, uh, you know, having, having fun with, with the boys, you know, it was, uh, I spent a lot of time at home, but, uh, you know, I, I, my, my adolescent years were pretty fun, pretty good time. How much uh, did you respect your your mom? Because I, from what I read, she worked several jobs so she could uh, afford everything for you guys. How was that? Well, you know, my mom was, uh, uh, you know, she's a meth head, you know, but she was functioning and she single mother, you know, raising a, a couple kids and, and my sister which is much younger so life was not easy on her you know it was uh yeah. you know she did she she worked her ass off she also um you know always had tweakers over at my house sort through laundry at four in the fucking morning you know so there's you know even today uh mixed emotions which is understandable yeah but uh another thing i read was uh what about the UFC intrigued you when you first saw it? I, I read that you saw it on TV and you just gravitated towards watching it when you were younger. Uh, is there something that you saw back then that made you want to eventually uh, learn MMA and join the UFC? You know, I don't know what it was. Even my, the, the, you know, my friends from middle school, you know, would tell me that I said back then, Hey, I'm going to be a UFC fighter. And, you know, growing up just being a punk skateboarder for some reason also in seventh grade i decided that i was going to start catching the bus across town uh to, to box you know um looking back none of my friends were into boxing nobody was you know i don't know what you know maybe it was you know just my my older brother was an asshole you know we got in fights a lot you know and i you know had kind of a rough childhood you know so you know i i uh I gravitated towards it for some reason, started boxing in seventh and eighth grade. And then, uh, you know, in high school, um, 
you know, I, it's a long story, but I got tripped by a jock and I was like, fuck that guy, joined the wrestling team the next day, you know, ended up, ended up taking this varsity spot, you know, um, you know, and, and then, uh, wrestling for me is definitely, uh, it's pretty much the only reason I graduated high school at all was, you know, the camaraderie of the wrestling team, the, all, all that stuff. I had to stay in school to wrestle. And ultimately, you know, by the time I was a, a junior or senior, I was wrestling year round. I was, you know, at a club wrestling. Um, so after high school, you know, a little brief stint in the, uh, the military didn't work out exactly the way I had planned. But, uh, you know, I got out, you know, and I missed that. You know, I missed that, that team unity and that camaraderie and, uh, my brother called me and he said, uh, Hey man, I'm working at this car lot and Randy Couture and Matt Lindland are kicking the shit out of each other <laughs> back. And I went, what? You're, you're kidding me. I'm on my way. You know, obviously I was a huge USC fan at the time. Uh, this was back in, uh, may, I don't know, maybe 2001 or something like that. A long time ago, you know? And, uh, so got there, signed up, started training the next day, you know? And then, uh, Six months down the road, I had my first fight, man. That's pretty much how that all went down. Did you see it as some sort of release from, like, your everyday life? I know you said you had, like, mixed emotions about, like, with your mom, like, being home and everything like that. Did you see it as, like, a, like I said, like a, a release to where it was, like, a positive environment where Absolutely. you could go and then just do what Absolutely. you like to do? I mean, it's, it's pretty common knowledge, you know. I've had uh, my, my ups and downs, you know, outside of the cage, you know, uh, alcohol, drugs, you know, uh, getting arrested, all those sorts of things when I was young, you know, and to be honest with you, man, if it wasn't for martial arts, if it wasn't for that, the, the, again, the camaraderie, the gym, the guys at the gym, I think that's what kept me alive, kept me out of jail, kept, kept me from getting too fucked up on, on drugs or going to the harder ones, you know, um, gave me something, you know, I remember, you know, my first fight, you know, training, you know, I, you know, like, all right, I'm not going to drink for a week, you know, I'm not going to drink for a week or party because I'm going to win this thing, you know, and then I told every fucking, every one of my friends and my mom was there and everything else. And, uh, you know, and I was like going out to the fight, like, what the heck was I thinking, you know? And, uh, Ultimately, I won. It was the greatest feeling I'd ever had. The next day, I remember, you know, my friend calling me saying, hey, man, there's this form and there's people talking about you. I'm like, what? There's like 12 people talking about me? Dude, I was hooked. And, and you know, from that from that day on, you know, I was I was an MMA addict, you know. Um, and, you know, that's what I eat. eat sleep breathe was 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 training and fighting and you know thank god for it because it's what it's what kept me uh kept me on track enough to be sitting to you sitting here talking to you today yeah like i've heard so many stories about athletes in all other sports or anything say that with how strict like the rules are now with everything with all the extracurricular stuff that they would be doing drugs or whatever, but then they would have to stop at a certain point because they knew that uh, like the season or whatever would start. And then they would, would, wouldn't be able to, because they didn't want to ruin their chances 
getting tested positive or, or whatnot. So they would have to cut it off for so, like for like such so long of a time, and it winds up working out for uh, for people. Like it sucks that some people like just get addicted so much, and then luckily for you, you got sober uh, later on down the line. But it's a good thing that, you, like you said, you had MMA because it was like a yeah, release. Yeah, because even though I didn't get, you know, it, you know, a tree doesn't blow over with its first gust of wind. You know, it's yeah. got to back and forth for a while. And I, I was blessed enough to have something that that I loved enough to straighten me out for, you know, a couple weeks or a month. You know, you know, and get me back on track, get me healthy. Uh, you know, and I get, you know, that, that luckily I had that, it kept me alive, you know? Now, when you, when you joined team quest, what skills did you need to refine before starting your amateur career? Like I read that the, they let you in, but then it was like, I think it was like six months before your first amateur fight. And it said something about how you had to work on a few skills before uh, they would let you fight. So, my, my coach, uh, rest in peace, Robert Fallis, uh, you know, he used to love to tell this story about me, you know, because uh, my first day I signed up, then my second day I came in, he says, hey, Chris, how you doing? I said, you get me a fight yet? The third day I came in and he said, how you doing, Chris? Did you get me a fight yet? That's And that's the exact phrase I used to greet him for the first six months. He didn't want me to fight in six months. He, he didn't think I was ready, but I, I asked him, every single day you know and you know I, I i trained for three hours a day you know i went in did did, did three, grappling boxing and mma every day at night and then um it wasn't long before i was working there I was, you know i was teaching some class by the time it was a year of training i was already working there teaching some basic oh, class cool. desk work you know i basically just moved into the gym you know i was like you know, I'm, I'm here i'm a fighter this is what i do you know, and uh, yeah, man, like when I look back at my first fight, it's pretty, it's not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we do, we grow, and we mature over the years, you know, we refine our skills and, you know, that's definitely the case with me. I mean, ultimately I had some wrestling, you know, high school wrestling background, a little bit of boxing, you know, and honestly, at the time, it was a different era, you know? I mean, we were a bunch of wrestlers in that, that, that original Team Quest. was a bunch of wrestlers trying to run an MMA practice, like a wrestling practice, 100%. Dudes were getting, were getting knocked out every day. You know, we were just fucking fighting each other, you know? And you got real tough. You didn't develop a ton of skill, you know? Had some great wrestling, you know. I, I gotta say, most of my Greco stuff that all came, my dirty boxing, all that came from Randy and Team Quest, you know. Um, you know, but uh, but man, they made me tough, dude. They made me real tough, and definitely, if you go back and you watch some of my first fights, that's what you see. You see a kid out there that's way out skilled, but just refuses to lose you know, and just, just takes a beating and you go, how did he win that? How did he finally, you know, get the knock out of the submission, you know? Um, and, and, and also, you know, because of the, the childhood, you know, it was, you know, it was just, a, I was a punk destined for nothing, you know, off the street. So, so man, I was fighting to the death, 
when I was fighting back then, you know, and, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of, that's how it worked out. That's a, that's a good trick to have being uh, just uh, being that tough because, and not giving up because you never know if you're losing in a fight, you can always come back and win if you just are tough and then you never give up because if you get, if you, if you give up, then you've already lost. I can't tell you how many times, and even in the UFC, I've fought, and then I go read the review the next morning on Sherdog or something, and they're like, Chris Lieben gets lucky again, you know? And it's like, one, I train my ass off, and two, I just don't give up, you know? I didn't give up, and, and you know, eventually, you know, the, the opportunity came. Yeah. Speaking of the UFC, you, you make it to the UFC, you did the ultimate fighter then you then they bring you on after that you, you had that fight uh on the finale and then they, they then they give you a a contract and then you have a pretty nice career what is your favorite fight in the UFC man that's you know that's always a tough question because you know at the time every fight is your biggest fight you know you know um after I got that contract, you know, I, my, my next fight was Patrick Cote, who had just fought and just dropped Tito, you know, before he fought me. And we had a war um, that at the time was just a, was an it was an epic fight. You know, obviously, I had that opportunity to fight my hero, Vandalay Silva, you know, scared to death. I, I took that fight. I thought for sure I was going to lose. But, you know, he he I grew up. Go. I used to drive. Used to walk across, catch the bus across town to go to this old Japanese toy store where I could rent these bootleg prides and watch Vandalay fight. Even oh, nice. that team quest, I was doing that, so it was an honor to fight him. You know, obviously Terry Martin basically uh, had had knocked me out on my feet. You know what I mean? So you know, and I was able to come back and win there. Everybody quotes my Akiyama fight, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, everybody raves about that one because I believe that's the one right after Silva, I believe it was, where you took it on short notice. Yeah, I fought uh, Aaron Simpson, who was undefeated at the time. Um, Ended up winning, beat him, and then then fought Akiyama two weeks later. You know, so that was... uh, that was pretty good, you know. And I mean, honestly, the Akiyama fight, I'll tell you a funny story. After the fight, walking back, you know, I, I looked over at my coach, Burton Richardson. I said, What was that about halfway through the second round? And he's like, No, man, you were, there was like 10 seconds left in the third. But I was so rocked, I didn't even remember the third round at all. And you could see about halfway through the second round, I got hit with something and it basically went into autopilot at that point. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a great one. I I just watched it earlier today and I'm like, "Jeez. How did he win that one?" <laughs> because like you said, like you didn't know like you were like it was the third round. You were just thinking it was the second round. And you could kind of tell, but for you to still pull it off was amazing. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. But then um you had your career then uh, then you uh leave the UFC. How grateful are you that when you signed with Belter that they caught the condition that you had at that time before it could possibly get worse? Well, it, it, I mean, it saved my life. You know, they say a lot of people with that condition, uh, they never catch it, you know. 
and and honestly i was uh you know there was a there was a a good likelihood that i was going to die from that you know um i think my ejection fraction on my heart was at like 14 percent. the doctors couldn't even believe i was walking around you know um you know so i, I really could have you know died at any time uh, it was only a matter of time um Luckily, that was a big influence, though, to help me uh, get clean and sober, change my lifestyle, um, which I did. And that, you know, ultimately, you know, several years we kept going back to the cardiologist and it continued to get better. Um, you know, so so thank God for that. You know, it's, it's crazy to hear all these stories now, these guys either getting traded or just signing with another company and then having these physicals. And then finding this out, like that's why it's great for people to get physicals because you can, you never know when you can catch something like this that could save your life. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, you, you retire, like you stayed retired after that. And then I think flash forward like five or six years later, you, you go to compete in the BKFC. What led to you coming out of retirement to compete for Bare Knuckle? Well, so what happened was, you know, I, uh, I started sobering up and training and working on getting sober before I signed with Bellator. I retired from the UFC. My last fights didn't work out the way I wanted them to because my, my battles in the cage or outside of the cage were, were just getting too intense for me to keep up with. I wasn't able to quit in time for the fights and everything else. And, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, I started, I started sobering up and training hard. Next thing I know, I'm beating up all 20 year olds in the gym. I'm like, fuck man, I'm performing better than I ever have. You know, uh, I got a clear head. Of course I kept turning white and having to lay down. My coach had me kept thinking I was going to pass out and make me lay down because that was my bad heart. But I didn't know it at the time. I thought I was just getting old, you know? Yeah. So, you know, then, uh, I was like, well, fuck, I'm going to try to fight, sign that contract with Bellator went to the doctor they told me you'll never fight again they told me we need to put a a, a vehiculator you know inside your body you can't do jiu-jitsu with it i told them to fuck themselves and did jiu-jitsu every single day after that um and just didn't 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 put any of the bad stuff in my body you know started eating organic moved next to the beach changed everybody i hang out with got clean and sober um, and I kept going back for those next couple of years to the cardiologist and like, well, your, your ejection fraction's great. It's not at uh, 14%. You don't need a new heart anymore, but you need a pacemaker. Well, guess what? You don't even need a pacemaker anymore. This is great, but you know, you still can't do physical activity, you know, and I, I didn't tell him I'm working on it every day, you know, and then, uh, you know, continued back to the point where she goes, well, this, you know, I don't know what's going on. This is a miracle. Uh, you know, your heart is that, you know, basically what we consider the low end of normal now. And she said that to me. And remember my, my old lady was sitting next to me and I said, well, uh, well, if that's the case, would, would, would you consider me healthy to fight? And she goes, you can do anything a healthy adult can do. It was like the next day the BKFC called me. It's funny how those things work out. Yeah. That, that's that, that's crazy, like though. And I was like, at first I was like, nah, man, 
uh, I'm a, if I'm going to fight, I'm going to do MMA, you know, and, and I'd heard a little bit about, this was like show two, you know, so I'd heard a little bit about the company and how everybody was hyped on it, you know, but I didn't know that much. Then I got on YouTube that night and uh, started watching it and I was like, oh my God, this sport was made for me. I mean, it's a small ring. There's nowhere to run. You're just slugging it out. It's brilliant. It's super entertaining, you know. So I called him back and I said, "Hey, I changed my mind." <laughs> what? Yeah. What it sounds like happened was because you're being healthy and then still training, you're keeping yourself active, and then it had you probably just uh, like ate healthy and not trained like you did, you might have not gotten that uh, gotten to that point that fast. I think you training still while eating healthy kind of helped out because you kept your I, I, body. I, so, I mean, there's probably a little bit of risk involved, you know, yeah. uh, uh, Barrett Yoshida, my jiu-jitsu coach. I mean, you know, when I first came back and they, they made me, they made me at the gym sign a waiver that if I died, it wasn't their fault, you know? And then, uh, you know, my coach, you know, you know, I do a round or two and he'd look at me and he'd tell me, Hey, go sit this one out, you know, cause I get started getting too pale. You know, and that's the way that first year went, man. And, and you know, uh, I think doctors, they can't, they don't want to be liable. So they can't tell you to take those kind of risks, even if that's what does make you healthy, you know? Mm -hmm. And then now you're still here sitting and then you had, you had a few fights in the PKFC. So obviously it worked out good for you. Yeah, we're, yeah, life is crazy, man. You know, I, I'm sober. You know, I had uh, three first round knockouts and one five round war. You know, so you know, I'm I, I'm I'm happy with that. You know, and now I get to finish my uh, my martial arts career with with you know some super exciting fights and some 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 big wins. You know. Um, which is much better than the way I finished in the UFC, which was not even answering the bell for the third round, which was horrible for a guy that used to always lay his life on the line out yeah. there, you know? So that was, uh, it was huge. And not that you can ever right or wrong, but, uh, it does, it, it, it is definitely, uh, more settling, I guess for me, more relaxed, you know, I, that last fight, I can really hang my hat and, you know, really finished, you know, had a, uh, kind of a, a big knockout, you know, slug fest, you know, in old school, Chris Lieben fashion, man, which is exactly what I was dreaming about. You know, you never know how things are going to work out, you know, and most people don't get to retire on a W, but, uh, I got all those things now. Yeah. Now what led to you going sober and how's your mentality now compared to when you were in the UFC? Well, when I was in the UFC, man, and growing up, you know, super poor meth house, you know, nobody ever expected me to grow up to be anything. I'm the only person to ever graduate high school from my family. That's including grandma and uncles and everybody, you know. Um, my whole motto was go fast, kick ass, chug beers, crank tunes, dude. Everything in excess, nothing in moderation. Fuck it, you know live fast, die young, you know, and that's the way I spent my money when I was in the UFC, blew it all, you know, and, uh, you know, 
that kind of living catches up with you, man. And I, I actually, there were times in my UFC career when I was doing better on paper than, than ever, that I was actually more depressed and more sad than I'd ever been. You know, I used to go through these week or two week long depressions where I wouldn't even get out of bed. Since I've been sober, I've never had one of those, you know, I was on SSRIs, you know, I, there's no need for me to take any sort of antidepressant medication anymore. Now that my, my brain chemistry is, is normal, you know, um, even when the doctors told me if I drank again, I was going to die. I still ended up drinking again, you know, and, uh, it was really, uh, you know, my, my, my family, my, my chick getting pregnant and, uh, me caring enough about myself and about living to want to, uh, put in the effort to get sober. In which case I, you know, I found a group of like-minded individuals, you know, and, you know, work some basic steps with those guys. And, uh, you know, that worked for me. It changed my whole, changed my whole life. You know, I not make, I might not make the kind of money that I made in the UFC now, but I, I'm, I'm extremely happy. I'm content. And I got more money in the bank now, funny thing, than I ever did when I was in the UFC. It's crazy when you don't give it to the bartender, it just stays in the bank account, you know? So, man, I, I, I can't, the, 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 the blessings and the, the, um, the rewards, you know, that, that have, have been given to me are just, I can't even put words to them. Yeah, that's something money can't buy. But uh, yeah. But uh, one of the uh, two questions I have left to ask you is, uh, what led to you uh, going to Herb Dean and learning how to referee? I, I read that you you uh, went to his uh, referee school, I believe it is. I did. Learned how to ref, and then you're licensed in was it California? Yeah, so I'm a referee and a judge in California for CAMO, California Amateur Martial Arts Organization, you know. Eventually, I, I would like to work for CSAC, you know, and do, do you know, Bellator, UFC, BKFC, Combates, all these bigger shows, you know, these pro shows. You know, that's my goal, you know. Um, multiple reasons I decided to do that, you know. Um, I've always wanted to do it. Um, I think that, uh, you know somebody that fought their whole life might make a good, you know, referee, you know, we, we, you know, when a guy's had enough, you know, when a guy's still in the fight, you know, those sort of things. Um, at the time I wasn't allowed to fight and it, it kept me around my people around, you know, in the game, you know, in the fight game, I was driving somewhere in California every weekend, you know, talking to fighters and coaches and, you know, corners and, you know, refing and judging and, and being a part of the sport that I love, you know, and, and now, um, having, you know, been fighting and refing and judging, you know, I, I respect it even more, man. It is a difficult, difficult job. You know, I thought it, I, I didn't think it would be nearly as hard as it is. Even somebody with all the fights and all the fights that I've cornered, um, you know, I take it very, like I said, I take it very seriously. Uh, you know, I love doing it. You know, number one is, you know, trying to keep those fighters safe, but you want to give them, you want to keep them safe, but you want to give them every chance possible. You know, um, you know, calls have to be made. You know, the refs take a lot of crap, man. They got to take, they got to make split second calls, uh, uh, you know, with lives on the line type decisions, you know. Um, 
you know, and so, you know, I, I hopefully once California opens back up, I can get right back to doing that, man. I miss it. How's the preparation? Well, you know, uh, I, I mean, honestly, for, for the course, it was, uh, the course was extremely difficult in it, you know, um, I think out of everybody that signed up for Herb's course, I may have been the only one to pass that out of that group. Um, I know that big John is extremely strict too. You know, I saw him at a function and once soon as he, you know, he knew I'd become a referee and he immediately started grilling me so that, you know, about, so here's the situation. No, 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 what do you do? You know? And, and I like that about it. They're always, you know, all we're, we're all, you know, always willing each other question each other. How can, how can I have improved? How can I have done better? You know? So ultimately you got to study, you got to know the up-to-date rules, you know, you have to uh, be able to uh, pass the course. Another part that a lot of people mess up on is there's, there's a part where you have to, uh, you know, you have, to, you have to be able to show them every, you know, jujitsu move. And you also have to be able to point out where you would apply pressure to uh, stop the move. Like, for example, if somebody's in a heel hook and they're, they're not letting go, how do I save the guy from losing his ACL on bottom? Well, you don't grab the ankle, right? You got to keep the guy from leaning back on the heel hook. So you're going to grab the back of his head and keep him sitting up, you know, um, the, you know, the, which is, which is, which is difficult, you know, because you're, you're in charge of a lot as a, as a referee, you know, and as a judge, you know, we, we had to continually watch tape, you know, was that, okay. Was that a 10, eight round or a 10, nine round? You scored a 10, eight. Why? You know, give me three reasons. That's a 10, eight round. You know, where's, where's the foul? Do you, do you, do you know, do you DQ him? Do you take a point? Do you give him a warning? Why? You know, there's a lot, of, there's a lot to it. So it, 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 it's, it's, it's both uh, studying and then also a lot of on the job training. Now, the last thing I, I wanted to ask you uh, before I let you go, uh, how is it being a father now? Man, it's the, uh, it's the most amazing thing. You know, my, my little boy's three. <laughs> he locked himself in the car yesterday. That was a wonderful <laughs> experience. I had to break the back window out, you know. Uh, so it's it, it sometimes it's the most stressful, most fear I've ever had. Best thing that ever happened to me. You know, if that if that even makes sense. You know, people say, oh, you're pregnant. Yeah. Get ready, man, because you're not going to sleep at night. You guys are never going to have time to be intimate, you know. Um, you're always going to be dealing with the baby and it's going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. It doesn't make sense. If you don't have a kid, you don't understand, but, uh, you know, uh, I'm great, super grateful. And I'm grateful that I waited till I, you know, I somewhat had my shit together to have a kid so that I'm always here for him. I can spend time with him. He he's only known me as being sober. Um, you know, he just finished his, uh, today's Wednesday. He just finished his second week in jujitsu, you know, Oh, nice. Every day it's something new. Uh, you know, he says something new. He learns something, you know, and, and I, I couldn't, there's, there's, I couldn't spend enough time with him. There's no way. Every time I have to leave the house, I feel bad. Which is great. It's great to see like where you were at then and where you're at now. It's like a totally different person. And then it's just great. Like I, I myself, I have uh, three kids, so uh, 15 months, uh, six, and then 11. So I know what it's like to 
to have a have a kid. It's crazy. Like it starts out crazy in the beginning, but it's well worth it when they get older. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Man. Yep. But I, I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on with me. I know you have a busy schedule. And thank and just want to thank you once again for coming on. Well, thanks, man. Thank you. Yep. But, yep. You have a nice uh, day. All right, brother. Bye bye. Bye. And once again, I want to thank uh, thank him for uh, coming on. The, that was uh, MMA legend Chris Lieben. You can follow him on on social media at Chris Liebem MMA. And then this is Cage My IQ. You can follow us on Twitter at Cage IQ, Facebook at Cage My IQ SB, and on Instagram at Cage My IQ. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, just send it to us on the comment section on YouTube. And tune in uh, every Monday at 8.30 and every Thursday at noon for your MMA coverage from Cage My IQ. See you guys uh, next time. Thank you for watching this episode of Cage My IQ on the Sports Box. Please remember to follow us on all of our social media outlets on Facebook at Sports Box Show, Twitter at Sports Box Show, Instagram at The Sports Box Show. Find us on YouTube and join Outside the Box, our Facebook sports discussion group. The Sports Box is brought to you by our sponsor, Showcase Sports in Hamilton. Showcase Sports for the elite athlete and also our friends over at crowdplay download the free crowdplay app today and use promo code the box at sign up for 10 free points thank you for joining us